0: pretty mental family welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. Welcome. I am Valentina. I am your host. Sorry that it's so dark around me right now. The sun is setting and you know, this is what we're working with. This is our professional studio. The professional lights is nature. So, thank you for for being here. And yes, I am your host Valentina Sinistera this is a beautiful community where i say it's a mental health community but mental health can feel like what even is that you know for me it's energetic emotional spiritual mental physical all of the all of the layers of our being the health of all of that and it's more than anything just a beautiful community where sometimes i drop meditations for you guys sometimes i pop in solo and fill you in on my journey and everything that i'm going through and sometimes we have guests like today. And today we have this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful guest named Murray Hittery. Murray is a composer, a pianist, a meditation teacher, and he's the creator of this epic experience in LA. And more than in LA, he goes to New York and different places around the world. But I experienced him in LA and it's it's just the most magical experiences, experience. He creates this insane space on, well, for me, it was the beach on the beach. We had these Bluetooth headphones. Murray was in the center of it all on his giant, beautiful piano with the roses all around him. And he was just went in on, I guess the word is, and he explains impromptu, just what he's feeling in that moment he starts playing the piano and composes an amazing piece for like an hour and 15 minutes. And you're just laying there as the waves are crashing with these headphones, listening to Murray play and just all this energy running through him onto the keyboard and out to us. And it's so beautiful. And today Murray gave us a gift. So we get to listen to a piece of his music and I'm going to invite you guys to, I'm gonna play it after we do our breath. We're going to take our breath and then we're going to listen to it. And wherever you are, listen to it. And if you're driving, let it be beautiful background music. I encourage you though, later when you have time, go back to it and just lay down and let close your eyes and let yourself get fully lost in it and just see what comes through. So thank you so much, Murray, for being on the podcast for just gifts after gifts after gifts of your music, of the beautiful flowers that you have at your events, of your the experience that you bring with your events thank you so much. And if you guys are coming from Murray's camp, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. And for all my OG listeners, I love you. I'm so happy you're here. And before we dive in to today's podcast, the sun is really setting right now. It's getting dark over here. If you're on YouTube, if you're just listening through one of the apps, then don't worry about it. But before we dive in, I want to invite you guys to a breathwork session in person. If you're in LA, we're going to be at Soho house on September 25th. It's going to be a morning breathwork session on the roof, laying on cabanas in the open air with community. It is going to be epic. The last one was absolutely epic. Go check it out on my Instagram. I have a little film about it, a film about it. That sounds way more. It's a, like a 60 second or 30 second reel, but it's, it's my, my film. So Go go see it if you want to see what the experience is like. And if you can join us, I would love to have you there. I'm gonna post everything in the show notes. And last but not least, before we dive in, I'm so excited to be talking to you guys today about Pathly. So Pathly is this epic platform, and one of the co-founders is Matt Shanker, who was actually on our podcast a few episodes ago. Matt is an amazing human who I actually met because of Pathly. I found out about Pathly and just wanted to know more. So him and I connected, and then one thing led to another. He was on the padca- podcast, and now I'm talking to you guys today about his amazing mission. And Pathly is its a one-on-one empowerment support that is dedicated to holding you accountable and achieving your goals while helping you focus on your well-being. And it's pretty epic because what happens is, is you have you get matched with a reflector. You can pick your reflector. A reflector is this person who it's not like a therapist, it's not like a coach, it's a reflector. And but they have different profiles of all these different reflectors, and you can see who are you the most aligned with. You can pick, you know, Victoria from Australia, who is a hypnosis teacher and has been working in it's like all these reflectors have a bunch of different eclectic backgrounds in the wellness space. And they become the person that essentially you can talk to on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis. And you can be like, Hey, I need help with these goals. Can you keep me accountable? And there's actually a telegram space. The telegram is a chat app where you can literally speak to them in between sessions. And if one of your goals is to go to bed at like 9 PM, three days out of the week, you can have them message you at like 7 p.m. those three days and be like, hey, hope you're going to bed. Hope you're getting ready for bed. And it's pretty cool. So you have someone who is keeping you accountable or it can be someone who you just need to sit with because you're processing a lot of grief. You just need to sit there and just talk or just be with someone for for the time that you're with them. So these reflectors are extremely, extremely powerful. And Pathly is just such a beautiful platform. And if you guys are interested, I'm going to post everything in the show notes. If you go to them, tell them that Valentina brought you, okay? And let them know because you're going to receive 10% off your first season. And you have 30-day money back guarantee if you're not absolutely in love with it. So the sun is literally like, girl, start your podcast because this whole room is turning black. So I'm going to go. And you're about to dive into some beautiful, amazing music and then an amazing conversation after that. And before we dive into today's podcast, take in a deep breath with me. And just enjoy this beautiful piece by Murray Hittery. open up the space grounding in opening ourselves up calling in our higher selves calling all of the beautiful energies that are walking with us in this lifetime calling in our ancestors our angels our guides calling in the universe we open ourselves up for whatever wants to come through for the highest healing of ourselves of our community everyone they come in contact with And for the highest healing of the planet, we open up our hearts, we open up our throats, we open up our minds, we align with love, we open up to love, we open up with love. The portal is now open. Murray Hittery, welcome to Pretty Mental. I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Hi, Valentina. It's great to be here with you.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. This is such an epic moment for me because I actually went to one of your first events a month from tomorrow. So we're almost exactly a month. Mm-hmm. And I it was an epic time for me. So before I even jump into that, for my audience, Murray is a pianist. He's a composer. He's a meditation teacher, and amongst many things, you have a beautiful, beautiful platform experience called Mind Travel, where you guide everyone in different locations around the world. Mine was at the beach, and through music, you have you do a live performance. Um, he guides us in a meditation it, through story. I mean, it's just like every single one of our senses is opened up during these experiences. And they're just absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And I met you after one of our friends, they have a Turkish breakfast club here in LA. You were actually sitting to my left. And I remember at the end of the breakfast, you were like, I'm having this event, just like super low key about it. You're like, I'm having this event uh, at Venice beach, mind travel. And I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. I ended up going and it was insane it was in it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever gone through and it was actually at a time where and our listeners know I've this year has been kind of nutty for me and it was actually at a time where I was just like I was going through it I actually during your event I had actually journaled in my in my notes section where I was like life is starting to feel suffocating again and your event was just like everything that I absolutely needed at that time. So thank you, thank you so much for for yeah. your spirit, for everything that you offer and just for that experience.
1: Yeah, thank you for your openness and and uh, for being willing to kind of take a chance and go to something you didn't really know what it was gonna be like. And I think that's the experience of a lot of people who, who come to my events, uh, to a mind travel. Uh, they, they maybe they have a sense of what it might be, or maybe a friend described it to them in a way. But uh, but it's 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 so different that it's hard to even describe. So I think a lot of people do come because of word of mouth or a friend recommends it. But typically, a friend will say, "Just trust me and go." And, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's better not to know too much about it and just and just have an openness to experience something and just see what unfolds. You know, which is sounds like what, what, what you did and what your experience was. Um, and if you approach it in that way, it's, it's really incredible what, what can unfold, what can happen, um, what can arise, you know, because the experience really does curate a space in I think a pretty unique way. And that's certainly the intention that goes into it
0: yeah and it's so true i mean so after the breakfast turkish breakfast club i i was gonna go home because i was like i just i have only enough social energy for the day i want to go home and i actually ended up going home and i was just sitting there in silence and i was doing absolutely nothing I'm like what am i doing i'm isolating myself again and this is something that sometimes when people go through depression or grief they isolation, at least for me is a big thing. And I know amongst others. Um, but right before I left the Turkish breakfast club, uh, Dennis, one of the founders, he was like, you need to go. He didn't even know what I was going through. He was like, you just need to go. And I'm like, okay. Like being kind of flaky. I'm like, I might. And he was like, no, just trust me. You need to go. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, he said it with such conviction. And oh my God, once I went, I was like, thank God, thank God. And one of the things that stuck out for me and why I wanted you to come on to Pretty Mental was because, I mean, and I just wish everyone can go to one so they know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was, I could feel just so much warmth and so much love Mm. in that event and from your voice and your presence. And it was so potent that Mm. I was like, okay, I want to know his story because you don't get to something this magical and this impactful and this powerful without some, some true, true substance, whether it's out of love, out of grief, yeah, you know, without that. So if you could give a bit about how mind travel came along and a bit about your journey and how you got to where you are now. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think for me, the mind travel experience um, it's really about storytelling, you know, and, 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 and yes, there, there are parts of the mind travel experience, you know, as, as you've had the experience, um, that has a narrative, that has a kind of a, a voiced component to it that I share. But most of it, as you know, is um, in the abstraction of music. And a particular kind of music. Um, of course, it's all original. It's all, it's all improvised. It's all what I call real time composed, meaning it's composed, but it's composed in the moment. And to me, that's actually a little different than improvisation, because typically in the history of improvisation, whether it's in jazz tradition or classical tradition of improvisation, um, or even you know rock tradition of improvisation, uh, the the musicians would be improvising within a structure of the piece of music, okay? So, you know, there might be this kind of break in the piece and then the instrument, you know, the musician goes off for some minutes in this cool improvised direction and comes back to the structure of the piece. But with a mind travel real-time composition, it doesn't have that overarching framework or structure. The whole structure is improvised so it's it's and it's very long form right um that night at the beach i probably played for you know upwards of an hour and 15 minutes um something like that c- continuously non-stop and that's all deliberate because to me if we're going to really create an altered consciousness state through music and all the elements that are there right the elements being nature of course which has such a healing uh, and connective property to it. Um, we're talking about the music. We're talking about the the guidance in terms of the meditation, and of course, community. Those are the elements, the ingredients, right, that come together that conspire to open up this. You know, I like the word you opened up our conversation with this portal, right? Opening up this portal into wonder, right? which is really kind of my intention going into it. Um, all too often in our day to day. We're so um, caught up in in the day to day in the doing of things uh, that we seldom make time uh, or notice the wonder all around us. And so, if we can just spend an hour together right an hour and a half together with intention around creating a space together for wonder, then that can carry through. Not just the rest of our evening, not just the rest of our week, not just the rest of our month, but truly, it can carry forward uh, continually uh, in perpetuity. Uh, because once the not just the mind, but the whole body experiences wonder, it can never be the same again. Like it never is the same again. It has a remembering of wonder um, that you'd never forget. And, you know, maybe at times, you know, it kind of slips away, but it's always there and it just takes something small to then re-trigger it, right? Which is why I always give a recording of the concert, which is so unique. And everyone who's there can walk away with something that, hey, you know what, a month later, a week later, a year later, they can put the recording on and come right back, you know, to that space. So that's, that's a really important element of it. Now, where this all came from... Um, to your, you know, to your point is, yeah, this is a lifetime in the making. Um, And now I started playing piano, and I was introduced to music at a very young age, I was five, six years old. And pretty quickly, I would say, I mean, certainly by the time I was, you know, in early high school, so probably around 13, 14, um, I I knew I wanted to be a composer, I knew that I had my own thing to say with music. Um, Now, I certainly didn't have... The kind of life experience I have now at that age right I didn't have uh, what you call exactly that the substance right of what I would be talking about I would be storytelling about through music. But I just knew I had something to say I knew it wasn't about playing the music of other people right as much as I love playing you know Beethoven Chopin and you know the classics um, and I grew up playing that and I I still love playing that, but I had my own kind of story to tell through music as they did right and so um at that age uh as a teenager i also was introduced to eastern philosophy and i very quickly went down and very deeply went down that rabbit hole of uh, meditation mindfulness eastern philosophy particularly in the zen buddhist tradition but then over the years opened up to um, tibetan buddhism opened up to vedic traditions um, vedanta so it's just a lot of different traditions as well as my own tradition that i grew up in which was judaism but in specifically kabbalistic judaism the mystical side of judaism uh, but also embracing the mysticism of other traditions Um, the sufi Uh, tradition uh which is the mystical uh tradition of islam has incredible richness to it uh so that was an influence as well so so many different influences because no one culture no one religion no one tradition has a monopoly on wisdom uh and even though we call it ancient wisdom there's nothing ancient about it. It's very relevant. It's very present. It's very modern because it's applicable in the same way it is today as it was two, 3,000 years ago. So the human experience actually hasn't changed that much in terms of what a human being goes through throughout their lives, right? It has not changed that much from thousands of years ago till today. And it's just the surface level that's different, right? Our um, comforts are different. Uh, our lifespan, yes, is different. Our medical system is different. Our health care is different. Our nutrition is different. I mean, there's a lot of differences, um, but the human story, right, the arc of the human story, um, the joys, the pains, the griefs, the trials, the tribulations, uh, all of that has not changed that much. The emotional arc of the human experience, the spiritual arc of the human experience, um, I would argue, is very, very similar. Uh, And so that being the case, the same wisdom that applied back then certainly applies now. And so I think those two areas the East and West, right, Western classical music that I grew up with, the musical tradition, as well as Eastern philosophy, Eastern ideas, started to fuse, started to talk to each other uh, in my own life and in my own experience and created kind of a a new thing, uh, which was the melding of, of these influences. And when you kind of layer onto that, my own personal experience, uh, which is the ups and downs uh, of life, right? As we wave through the world, uh, the the peaks and the troughs of our waving of our of our own, you know, life. Uh, it starts to get informed, right, by those by those influences, and and the experiences influence the the music and and my own expression. Um, probably the peak of that was my own experience with, with intense grief. Um, I, you know, I've, I've experienced loss at different points in my life, but, but most acutely was the death of my, my little sister. She was 23. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, very difficult, painful time. And I turned to what I knew. I turned to music, to this music, to this experience, uh, to these teachings. And And it was not an easy time, but it was able to carry me through the experience. And I think anyone that goes through grief, and grief will come to everyone's door, it's just a question of when, uh, someone in that position would understand that there's no way to go around grief, right? As much as we instinctively try, as much as we want to quiet uh, the pain. It's something you can never fully quiet. You mm. may be able to distract from it temporarily, and there's lots of strategies to do that, um, but ultimately it's still there until we actually confront it and work with it and move it through us and allow it to move you know, through and ultimately out of us. Um, and even when it does that, it, it doesn't leave us the same. It it, it doesn't leave us unchanged, uh, and it's a question of how will it leave us, and how we navigate that that process and processing of grief. Mm-hmm. Really, will will determine kind of kind of what kind of human being and life that is available to us on the other side of it. And 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 this music really allowed me to emote through that and to feel through that as horrifically painful as paralyzingly painful as it was um it did it did allow the the kind of tectonic shift that happened in my life to to unfold
0: i was listening to a few podcasts that you were recently on and Mm. where you talk about the death of your sister and i remember when i first heard you talk about it i was I mean, like I had like the wind knocked out of me and this is just from hearing the story and I had only met you once, you know, and I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine going through that. And I wonder if you would be open to sharing how that time was in your life and what you were going through when that happened Um, and just like really take us into that time.
1: Hmm. Yeah. um, You know, as I said, I think, I think that, you know, grief will certainly knock on everyone's door. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't invite grief in, right? We don't ask for it. It, it, it it shows up when it shows up. Um, We don't choose it. Uh, You know, as we say, grief chooses us. And then it's a question of what do we do with that? And, you know, ultimately what's available and what I'll share is, there's this intense um relationship with grief in the beginning which is founded and grounded in resistance like that's all we want to do is resist it Mm. right i mean from the first moment right i mean from the first moment of either hearing that someone close to you has died and by the way we're talking about grief and death here but uh, but a listener can can substitute anything, any type of grief in this conversation, right? It doesn't have to be the death of a, of a close uh, family, uh, loved one, or friend. It could be um, the death of a relationship. It could be the death of um, a business venture, right? I mean, there's all types of grieve, grievings that can be substituted here because they're all painful in their own way and we don't need to rank pain right it's just whatever we're going through. it's not that someone's pain is worse than mine or or you know this experience is better or worse it's it's not even about that it's like just how do we what's our relationship to it and at first we will always find that there's some. Um, there's some kind of resistance that immediately shows up right it's like. You know, if it's a business thing, right? It's like, oh no, it can't be that I didn't get that deal. It can't be that I lost that money. No, no, no. It's, you know, and we just, you know, we'll either stick our head in the sand or we just like, you know, we, we'll be in disbelief for a period of time uh, when we hear that someone close to us died. Uh, we, it's just like we just don't want to believe it. We don't accept it. We resist the news. Um, same with relationships and, and all of that. Well, maybe there's a way to work or maybe there's, you know, we always try to justify it or, you know, figure something else out. So just the acceptance of the news, the acceptance of the fact, the acceptance of the event is such a hard thing, but such a critical thing. And it might seem simple, but it's something that people, people resisted for, I mean, some people resisted for years, even mm. decades. So for me at you know, I, w- I was there. Um, my sister died in an accident. So it was immediate and sudden, um, and had that has that has that sense of tragedy to it. Um, and, she, and she was so young, she was only 23. So and I was there with her. So it, it was a, a loaded situation. Because I mean, certainly, I couldn't deny it because it was right in front of me, I was with her. So there was no there was no denying it. You know, other members of my family or friends of hers, right, um, they weren't there. So, you know, you could almost be like, well, I, I didn't see it, it didn't happen, you know, it, it, and, and they can push it away. But for me, it was so present. I mean, I was literally there, confronted with it. Um, uh, and and it was just so horrific. So, it, it, you know, it just, it was not only the grief that I was working through, but also the the trauma of what I experienced and what I, you know, what i saw and heard and you know every sense was on fire you know in that moment so that's etched into my psyche right in such a deep way um and of course the emotions that go along with that so i had a kind of a lot to unpack after that i had a lot to deal with um and it was all tangled together so that you know that's really the 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 challenge that i had in front of me was like was like wow, it's all totally knotted and tangled. And how do I make any sense of this? Um, and I, I think because of my, you know, whether it's training or experience leading up to that, I was able to have some sense of objectivity, right? To actually, you know, all the, 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 the meditation and the, all that work gave me the tool to actually be able to, for a moment, And and at moments, not all the time, but certainly enough times that I was able to stand outside myself to experience my own state, right? Because when you go through that at the first stages, especially something so intense as what I'm describing, I don't think you're yourself. I don't, you're really not yourself. You're you're in a temporary state of insanity, I would call it. you, You can't call it a normal state. Um, you're you're in what I would truly call a temporary state of insanity. Temporary because hopefully it's temporary. But at the time, it doesn't feel temporary. You wouldn't say <laughs> that you were in a temporary state of insanity because in that moment, you think it's going to last forever.
0: Mm.
1: You think that that pain, that the hollowing of your whole being, your whole corporeal being, you you just feel like you're going to feel like that forever. And that's what's so... Intensely acute about it, because there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You you have no sense that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no end to the tunnel, let alone a light. You just feel like you're falling into an abyss that has no bottom. And if you can imagine that, which I don't think one really can, I, I don't think you can imagine it until you experience it. And it's not something obviously pleasant, um, but what do you do in that situation? Now, the kinds of, the kind of thing we're talking about here in terms of, in terms of, uh, reflection on one's own state, which is really what mind travels about, right? Now, at the time, I I turned to the music and I would play the same kind of music that you experienced right at the beach. It didn't have a name to it. I wasn't actually publicly doing mind travel at the time, Um, but it was my personal practice. It was what I did for myself. And this music, it seems to be able to allow one to kind of, kind of shift their sense of perspective outside of that state to create a glimpse of objectivity, And to actually feel through what's being experienced you know music is the language of emotion right when we don't have words for something right we say we turn to music Hmm. Um, and certainly in that moment i could honestly say i did not have the words for it as articulate as i may be sometimes i failed to find the words to describe what i was going through Um, in hindsight i could I could slightly put some words around it, but certainly in that time, there was no shot. I was just shut down. Like it was just, as much as I tried to express it, it was unexpressible through words. And music offered a different avenue. It offered a different pathway to expression because music being the language of emotion, music is multidimensional, right? It, it exists not just in a linear sense, right? One note after the other creating beautiful melodies um, or evocative melodies, but it also exists vertically, meaning stacked on top of each other, layered, right? It has layers to it. And that we, we call that harmony or polyphony or you know, different, different sense of an expression of music. And that's truly what emotions are. Uh, none of us experience one emotion at a time. Mm-hmm. We may call it a name, but the emotion, which is a energetic vibration within us, doesn't know it's called that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, it's just, it, it just is, right? We're trying to put some labels on these f- things we call feelings, but, uh, but they're really multi-multi-layered, you know. Within every emotion is a whole host of other emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you actually express it? How do you actually move that through you? Uh, music is so powerful in that sense because it is multi-layered and it's a much more evolved language. It's a much more appropriate language, let's say, uh, because a multi-layered language can address a multi-layered uh, situation mm-hmm. like emotions, Yeah, right? Um, you know, so so that's why the you want to find the right modality for the right problem right so uh so so the music was so helpful and suddenly over the course of again there's no overnight you know miracle here right this is it takes time you got to put the work in but over the course of you know weeks and months suddenly there was a, a, a very profound easing and shifting of the pain as in a way, I like to visualize it, um, Valentina, as it, you, you know, we've all used those uh, like Brita filters, you know, for water, right? Uh, imagine you've got this muddy water, like you just got it from a pond or, a, you know, like, a, you know, and, and it's all muddy and you put it through a Brita filter and on the other side comes this clean, pure water, right? So in a way, that's what this music did for me when I played each night. It took the muddiness, the siltiness, right, of grief that I was going through, right? The darkness of it, impenetrable, like light can't penetrate it, just darkness of it, right? No light at the end of the tunnel, as I described. It's just This just opaqueness that you feel that you're in with no sense of bearings of where up and down is, where left and right is. You don't know where to go. And you put it through the filter of this music. And on the other side of it, right, it, it pulls out, right, the, the pain of it. And it leaves you with actually what it started as. Now, what does all grief start as? The, well, the only reason why we feel grief in the first place is because there was love. Mm-hmm. That's the only the only reason why any of us feel the pain of grief is because we loved the thing that we no longer have. Right? Whether that's a person or anything else. And so the more intense the grief, the more intense the love that actually created it. So what what you are then, but it's still in there, right? And so, but all we want to do is go back to the way it was, right? Which of course there's no. There's no ultimate solution for grief, which is why it's also so painful, right? It's a, it's a, it's, it only operates in one direction with the temporality, right? Of, of, of the way things are, but we put it through this filter and now we are left with that pure love again, and that's the process and that's the opportunity. And suddenly you're then sitting there with cleaner and cleaner water, meaning pure and pure connection to the love that you have for that person, right? The love that I have not even had, I still have for my sister. It's still there. And yes, I miss her. Yes, I wish she was here. And all that matters. And I still have this love. The love is not gone. And now I bask, I bathe in this love. And I bring it with me. Everywhere I go. When I sit down at the piano, at the beach, with you and hundreds and hundreds of people there, she's right there with me, in this sense, right? In this sense of the love is there. And that's how we move forward. That's how we move through. We move through by bringing them with us. Meaning, by bringing the love that we have for them with us into our life to find meaning for that love to create that meaning and infuse it in everything that we do that's how we can transmute that pain we filter it i filter it through this music i'm sure there's other ways to filter it and i also went to a grief therapist and i had great support and family and friends and all of it right i'm not saying there's one thing i i think it's healthy to have a mosaic approach right to this Right. I took care of my physicality. Um, I I went over the top. I said the only way to be healthy emotionally is if we're healthy physically. So I took care of my body. I actually ran a marathon because I wanted to dedicate that to her and give myself a physical purpose every day. Right. At a time when I didn't want to get up in the morning. I didn't want to get out of bed. I said, well, if that's the case, again, through that ability to have some objectivity over our state. I said, if that's the case, I have to, I have to really create some kind of goal to get myself up and out and engage with the world, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And now with a, with a physically strong body, I had a chance at a healthy emotional body and mind and then from there a chance at getting my spirit back meaning my spiritual
0: mm-hmm.
1: core right all those have to work together mm-hmm. like how often even in the course of normal every day do we wake up and we're like oh i'm not feeling great and you're sick and you, maybe you got the flu or you got you know whatever whatever it is suddenly the world doesn't seem like such a you know fun place right like, things have that kind of filter of like oh life is hard (laughs) you know this thing's not great right we it's our physical condition usually dictates right our emotional can inform our emotional state um it's very easy for to do that so i wanted to eliminate you know that possibility but you know that gives you kind of a sense of it and and on the heels of seeing how powerful uh this whole experience was for me i i just said "I, i i need to share this and and that's when mind travel was born um, on the heels of this experience.
0: Wow. Oh my God. That's so powerful. And when I went to your event, I was just, that's when I was like, I need to speak with him. I need to know his story because this is, there were layers that I could feel through that experience. Yeah. It was just on the surface, a beautiful experience, like music, beach, roses. We had our yeah. headphones on, you know, community. <laughs> and the next layer is just depth depth and under the beauty was, I felt a profound, just, I don't even know if it would maybe like tinctures of sadness and love and, and Mm -hmm. just all of life. And, you know, something that a few things that popped up in my mind, one of them I'll start with is something that I love to talk about is just the fact that you can't really distill this mental health journey into one thing where, you know. I can at least speak a bit from the Western world. They, you know, we're depressed. They're like, here, here's this pill. Here's this one thing that you need. And in my experience too, I've learned that. And I, I always check myself and with my breathwork clients, it's the first thing that we go to. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. what? are all of your buckets like Are come back down to the basics are you with community how are you eating are you getting sunlight are you getting and it sounds so little but it's not all of these things are what we need in order to come back and to to be a human our human needs a lot of watering like a plant it needs all of the things
1: yep absolutely yeah i I just you know i just returned from burning man and yes
0: um, oh i'm so happy you brought that up okay
1: yeah and you know what's I'm bringing it up here because of what you just said, right? Like when you, when you put yourself in an environment like burning man in the desert with a hundred plus degree heat uh, during the day and such intensity and, and uh, you know, it, it puts you in a position where you are forced to address all these layers that we're talking about, right? If you're not drinking enough water, right? You're in trouble. Right. I mean, you quickly will, your body will react in such a way that, you know, you'll know it. Um, There's no hiding it. And so you're forced to contend with all your senses, all all your layers, your elements um, in a way that is at the same, on the the one hand, very primal, right? Because you're just having to deal with your physical survival in such a way, right? Managing the heat, hydrating, eating well, getting enough sleep, like all that stuff. And there's this opportunity for tremendous expansion, right, and transcendence at the same time, because because of the setting. So it, you know, yeah, I think I think it's so critical to look at it from a mosaic approach, a, a, a multi-layered you know approach um, to it. And and when these when these um, when these layers start to interact with each other. like one plus one is you know 11 i mean that's that's what that's what's available so it's never just one thing And, and that's why a mind travel experience has all these elements to it you know yeah is it is it healing to be in nature you bet it is um i would tell someone to go you know go sit in nature and that's a tremendous uh prescription but now you put you know nature the power of the ocean the power of mountains um together with community, that social aspect. And not even that we're all sitting around chatting, right? I mean, you you know, you were there. This is not about like, you know, chit-chatting and talking about life or even, you know, talking about deep things. It's not even about that. In that moment, it's about being together. Mm-hmm. It's about truly getting, right? And that's part that's part of why I use the headphones is not just to listen to the music, but to immerse yourself so deeply in an intimacy with your inner landscape that at some point you look around, right? Because some people are sitting down, some people are lying down, some people are walking by the shore, right? Mm -hmm. And they're taking in the music with the headphones um, while they're walking up and down or standing in the ocean up to their waist, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's the incredible part of it. And you're having this individual intimate moment, right? With your inner landscape. And then you look around at this external landscape not just the nature, not just the beauty, but all the other people, each of them having their own intimate individual experience, right? With their internal landscapes. And suddenly you realize that, wow, there really is no separation. Like we're all having our own individual moments together. Totally. And the internal landscape starts to fall away into a united landscape. And that truly is what, what is happening. Um, it's so easy to think that we're having our own experience, our own separate experience. Uh, and that's why grief can be so isolating, right? And that's why um, just stuff we're going through with stress or anxiety or different mental states uh, can be so isolating. Depression could be so isolating. Sadness could be so isolating. Uh, because we just don't know that other people are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not privy to their inner world um, in the same way as we are to ours. But an experience like what we're sharing here uh, is about uniting everyone through a shared journey, a shared experience. And yeah, maybe I don't know your exact details, and maybe you don't know mine, right? But there's a shared story, there's a shared arc to the human experience. And that's, I think, what is transmitted yes. through the experience on some level.
0: Absolutely. i when I was laying down, I was laying down on the beach with a uh, with a sweater over my face.
1: Uh-huh. I
0: probably looked like the most antisocial person ever because I was like, <laughs> I just need to be in my moment. And I had my headphones on and the sweater over my face, and I just was listening to the music and being carried by the piano and and then I, I took it off at one point and I looked in front of me and there was this beautiful woman and she was just crying and crying and mm. crying. Mm. And one of her friends had just her hand over her friend's heart. And another friend had like her arm over her. And then I yeah. remember just looking at her and and being in my own state of, of my level of suffering in my mind and body. And just say, remembering and reminding mm. myself that, I'm like this is like this is just this is just the human journey, you know. Right. And it's it's so easy when you are by yourself to feel like God, life is shit. Like this is hard. This is too much. This is, you know, why why is this happening? And and maybe not even mental words going through your mind, but it's just this, this feeling of of uh you're in a box with no air.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like and this then, ex- existential angst that yes. is just there in this this low grade or sometimes not such low grade sense of despair like it's just like always present
0: yes so to times where i know sometimes when my my depression at its worst i wanted to crawl out of my body like i could not even be in my own body and when i was sitting at your event and i was just you know we have these thoughts and these feelings of we know that when we're in community it's better but it's like you can't even put words around yeah. it because when you're actually in the presence of other humans who are also you're you're witnessing life move through them mm-hmm. it, it it's a primal it brings us back to our tribal days there's yeah. just something about like okay this is this is just the human experience and it's not like i'm waiting for this to get better and then life will be okay again it's like no this is life and yeah. it will get better but yeah. this is life
1: yeah absolutely and- Mm-hmm. absolutely and it's it's part and parcel of it and and you know we're all going through it in our own way and while while our experience of it is unique all of it is similar mm-hmm. right it's it's that yeah our details our way through the forest is unique our our way down the river is unique mm-hmm. but we're all going through the same journey all right that's what unites us you know, Absolutely, and, and and it's not just you know, oh, you know, it's like when, when we're old enough to have certain kind of you know experiences that bring us pain or things like that. It's you know, I want to share a quick story, which is uh, I just I just heard the story from one of our volunteers. So we have folks that volunteer and help check people in and hand out the headphones, right? And, and, and one of them has been helping us with mind travel for many years. And at the beach, and, and she was at the um, the experience you were you were at. And she shared a story with me just recently, and it it just touched me so deeply. Um, Because as you talk about, like, seeing, you know, others around you, um, you know, maybe that woman who is you know, crying and going through whatever she was going through. And, you know, you see others doing that. Here was a story that really um, struck me. She was checking people in. And I don't know if you remember, but down kind of at the beginning of the beach where the bike path is, um, that promenade, the bike path there's there's a vendor there's this woman who sells fruit cups okay she sells like you know the the chopped up fruit you know with uh, mm-hmm. some spices or you know it's like you know a little lime and you know it's delicious it's right like
0: the heen uh-huh right that's right
1: and and you know and often i'll buy it from her and you know i just love you know the refreshing nature of it well she she comes there with her little daughter okay the daughter can't be more than eight or nine years old Uh, Because, you know, she brings her because I'm sure there's no one to take care of her at home. So the daughter comes with her to work. Now, this volunteer, um, and the volunteer's name is uh, Dulce. She's been helping us for years. And she was checking people in. And all of a sudden, this little girl, this eight, nine-year-old girl, comes up to her and says, Hi, what's going on here? Like, what's this event? Like, Like, what is this? And Dulce very patiently and you know said oh this you know there's a concert here it's a piano concert and it's called mind travel and. Um, you know it's it's uh, happening, and you know we're starting in about an hour and uh, and she said oh well like how much is a ticket. And Dulce said, well, you know the, the tickets are about 40 dollars $40, but we you know we also have um, a donation to pay what you can, so you can you can pay anything. That you want, and uh, and so the little girl said, "Okay, thank you." And she, you know, she left. She comes back later at the start of the concert, and she brings with her and hands to Dulce two dollars, and she says, "Hi, this is what I have. Is that okay?" And Dulce looks at her, <laughs> and she says, "She says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of your ticket. Here's a pair of headphones. Come enjoy it." And this little girl sat with Dulce because Dulce gets to experience it as well on her blanket and the little girl sat on the blanket and was transfixed just completely in the experience for an hour plus. And while her mother was working while her mother was, you know, and her mother was, you know, just, you know, 50 yards away and, you know, said no problem, you can do that and. You know, just just this story moved me so much that this girl was at first intrigued, curious enough, and then open enough to try something that I don't know how many eight-year-olds would on their Mm -hmm. own volition, right, with their own motivation, um, you know, want to attend this. So, And and then fully be in it and not be distracted and not want to just kind of, you know, kind of go do something else or get bored or, you know, whatever. So I don't know what her life is like. I don't know what her day-to-day is like. I don't know what it's like for at home. I don't know what her inner experience is, but something in her, right, allowed her to connect so deeply, right, with it. Um, in a sense, differently than you did or that other woman did, but in the sense the same way, mm-hmm. from her perspective, from her life experience, whatever that is for that eight-year-old, right? And and who knows what she's been through. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it just... It transcends age and, you know, culture and color and race and religion and all that surface level, you know, stuff that seems to be so hard for us to get through and past in our day to day, right? In our social interactions, in our politics, in our, all of it. But this goes to a deeper place, speaks to a deeper part of us that doesn't see any of that. Mm -hmm. where where none of that matters because the human experience is the human experience.
0: Yeah. That's so beautiful. And you changed her life. I'm entirely sure that changed her life. She will never forget that moment. yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think so. And I think what's so powerful about it or what I know, at least one of the components is that it brings us back down to our senses Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're hearing, we're feeling, we're touching the nature that we're in. And, what keeps us so trapped in a lot of our pain and the resistance that we have to whatever is going on in our life is, is in our mind Mm -hmm. and through music, through, and different, you know, other exercises and experiences that bring you back into your body. You're able to be completely present where whatever narratives and stories are going on in your head, they can go away for just a little moment. Or you, you know, you open the, the valve for a little bit of that to, to release, to be able to take in life yeah. as it is in this moment, not with any past or any future weighing mm-hmm. on it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and I think that's where, that's where struggle right, emerges, is any time, right, like the experience in my own life, is any time something's happening that I'm not accepting, mm-hmm. right? I'm not accepting the way it is, just the way it is. I want it to be some way different. Yeah. Anytime I want it to be some way different is when I experience struggle, right? And struggle quickly can turn to suffering. So it's, 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 it's in our hands, right? And this is the incredible thing, right? It's in our hands to, uh, dare I say, control how much we struggle, right? And not to say there aren't challenges, not to say there aren't difficulties, but how we navigate them, right, is the key, yeah, right? Because it, it could take the same action, right? There could be some kind of challenge. We're going to take some action. But we take action from a place of fully being aware of it, fully accepting it the way it is. And then we take action, right, to navigate through it, to shift it, to move it, to manipulate it, right? Versus, wow, I am in deep struggle here, right? And resisting and fighting the way something is. Right. If it, that, that's really what the human experience comes down to. Right. It's how we experience experience. Yes. So that and and the only way to have some consciousness around that. Right. To you know, Socrates talked about leading an examined life. Right. Well, what's the alternative to an examined life? Well, the alternative to an examined life is just whatever's happening is coming at you and you're just reacting from the past and you're just like <laughs> trying to survive right that's a non-examined life and that's a life that can easily be filled with struggle and suffering but an examined life right like we started this conversation out is like being able to just stand outside yourself and just look objectively like what's going on here and yes i'm experiencing pain um, now what am i going to do with that
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know anyone who escapes the human experience without pain. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's not, I don't think that's what we're talking about is like, how do I lead a pain-free life? (laughs) I think, I think pain is part of the human experience. It's what we do with it. And it's actually part of what's beautiful about life because it gives us the, the sense of contrast, right. To appreciate and have gratitude for everything that is. And, and music holds that right and i I think the intention in my music is like it holds both joy and pain. it holds the temporality of all things it it holds the impermanence of all things, and in the recognition of that impermanence, right we find the beauty because we know that nothing lasts, and so i'm gonna I'm going to like completely experience everything fully to the best of my ability mm-hmm. because I know it's gonna change. I know it's gonna it's 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 going to dissolve so that's how we show up in that way right yeah. with that sensibility like how could you not find an absolute miracle and wonder in the person to your side whether they're your partner your family member or a stranger like how could they not be magnificent in that um through that sensibility
0: mm-hmm. no absolutely There's something about being able to, when you, when you go through the pain and you're able to, to move through it and you start accepting these little deaths in life, Mm -hmm. there's something about that, that wakes us up to the actual miracles that are going on in front of us right now. Yeah. And it's so painful. It's so painful when you're in it. And every time I'm like, I'm not getting out of this. This is like, this is so hard. And it's, I'm so, I mean, I'm sure everyone is, but it's speaking from my own experience. I'm such a deep feeler that yeah. when I get into something, I'm like, oh my God, I am like in it. Yeah. I like, I'm fully moved by yeah. it. And then I always have to remember like, this too shall pass, this too shall pass. And yeah. allow this to wake you up to, to the beauties in life. You know, we don't hold on to any, any peak too much or any high yeah. to or any valley. Mm-hmm. It's just how, how can we be here and just weave with whatever is happening in our life and be present yeah. for it. And-
1: and, and and how could we remember to, in those moments, right, to push further and deeper into the pain? Mm. You see, that that's, I think, what's so counterintuitive. Anytime we feel pain, our instinct is to pull away. I mean, just as a kid, right, you touch a fire and you're like, oh, that's hot. And you right. learn that. And now that, that's how all pain goes, right? So you're like, anytime you feel physical or emotional pain, you, you jerk back, right? And that's a survival mechanism. And it's very helpful when we're dealing with fire and like standing at a cliff. <laughs> so that's really helpful. <clears throat> but it turns out it's not so helpful when dealing with certain emotional situations where actually it's more beneficial to actually move into it, go into the pain, because our instinct is that, oh, no, this is, this is a permanent trap, and we're going to be in that pain forever. But it turns out that the thickness of that wall of pain is actually not as thick as we think, right? We think it's infinite, but it turns out it might only be an inch thick, I'm just metaphorically saying, right? Yeah. And so as the moment we go into it, we find, oh, okay, I'm fully feeling it, and now I'm out of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And now, and, and I've, and I've been opened up in a new way and now I'm more empathetic and now I feel a deeper connection and now I I'm more relatable and I can relate to others in a deeper way. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's what's available. It's finding complete redemption through pain. It, it's, it's a very hard thing to grasp and to do. But when we have our wits about us and we're actually able to do it, you know, people come to a mind travel and and like that woman you experienced, you know, you you observe she's you know they'll start crying, not even knowing like why and, and not expecting it. Um, not everybody comes with like oh I I'm, I'm going through this and you know I'm going to focus on that, and suddenly they're just in the feeling of it. It could be something from years ago, but the music kind of helps us do that. It actually pushes us into that into that place of pain where at first you're like, wait, I, this is not feeling good. I don't, why do I want this, right? Because at first, right, it, it's going to have a worse experience. You're like, oh, but no, that's actually a good thing because then we're going to move through that and come through the other side and have this elatedness, this lightness that's available at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Right as melancholic as the experience can be, it also has uh, a, a, an elatedness, a lifting, a hopefulness, a, um, uh, a, a sense of of such uh, openness that just it just floods with possibility at the end of it, and you know that that's what's available when we move into anything painful
0: do you feel like you were able to do that with the transition of your sister
1: oh completely and and not to say that there aren't difficult times i mean yeah. you know i'll you know something could trigger me uh, uh a song uh oh my gosh i'll tell you i'll tell you i know we're running out of time i'll tell you a very quick story uh she also played the piano um you know uh growing up playing the piano and so she she knew a few songs and and my parents have this piano in their home. It's one of these pianos that you can record yourself and it plays it back, right? Mm. Um, you know, the keys actually move. Like, you know, you you play it and then it records it and it can play the piano back for you. Pretty cool. So, I remember one one day years after my sister died, and I was in my parents' house and I was going through some of the music books and stuff in the piano bench, and I found this disk, right? That's how this Kind of computer and the piano works. You like put a disc in, and if you remember the days of discs, and you put this disc in and you record yourself and it plays it back. Well, I found this disc, and I was like, okay, let me see what's on this disc. And I put the disc in, and the piano on its own starts to play the Moonlight Sonata. Right, da 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 da. The beautiful, beautiful piece by Beethoven, and the piano's playing it by itself, and it was my sister's recording of it. Oh. And suddenly, like, and I remember her playing this piece. And, you know, I mean, I, and, and there's, there's always this like couple of points where she would make this mistake, right, in the piece. And of course, the mistake is encoded in this recording. Mm. And so it has this, you know, personal and human quality to it. And the moment like that that part of the piece came and like, you know, she made a little mistake, like it just crushed me. Like it was like, ah, but as painful as it was, and as it, like suddenly we were in the same room, right? In some kind of multi-dimensional yes.
0: Wow, 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 <laughs> yes.
1: She's like playing the piano, like invisibly. And I'm sitting there listening to her as if I just heard her, you know, like from years ago, as if we were back in that time and, you know, But in that pain of, you know, crying in that moment, like it just connected me with her again right and I got to feel that love like we talked about. So I don't even view those times as like oh not they're negative or painful no they're connective they're connective for me and the difference now you know between now so many years later and back then. Is that back then those moments felt like a tidal wave? They felt like getting hit by a wall <laughs> and getting slammed and crushed and you know leveled, like leveled. Um, and they would repeat. It's like you know when you're surfing and you're trying to come up for air and you just keep getting pounded by the waves, right? That's what it's like in the beginning. But then the waves ease and you know they don't come as often and and the intensity eases. And then when they do hit you, it's, it just brings you back into that connection Mm -hmm. and it moves through quickly. It might last a minute or 30 seconds or less. Um, and then you can move on, you know, that, and that's what happens when you really process the pain, uh, you, you, you can, you just move through it. It waves through you, uh, because there's less resistance, Mm -hmm. right. If you think about it that way, right. You're, you're not as dense with the pain. So yes. it just moves through the body, moves through the mind, and it doesn't get trapped, doesn't get stuck in there, right and and, th- and that's what we're talking about here, right? How do we get you know to that point?
0: Yeah. when your sister was here physically on earth with us, mm-hmm. what is something about her life that you know in in her living her life what ha- what is a lesson that she
1: taught you? Oh my gosh, so many. I mean, she was. I mean, she was twelve years younger than me, and in some senses, I was like a, you know, kind of like a, you know, not just an older brother, but a kind of a father figure. But she was, she was just as much a teacher for me as I may have been for her. Uh, but you know, she was actually a teacher, so she actually was a beautiful dancer, and uh, she was at the time she was getting her degree from New York University in dance therapy, uh, and she was in this amazing, naturally gifted hip hop dancer. Like you never saw, like, I just never saw anyone move like this. And I was like, God, where did she even learn this? She studied ballet, but then she got into hip hop dance and she could have easily like moved to LA, found her way into music videos and taken on that life. Right. But she didn't, she didn't, she actually wanted to help people. She had that in her, she had this selflessness in her. And so she was studying to be a dance therapist and she had already started her own school at the age of 18. Mm. At the age of 18,
0: she started her
1: own dance school for young girls. And she really was a big sister to them. And she was not just teaching them dance moves, but she was teaching them positive body image, self-confidence, right? She was teaching them all these other lessons that were riding the coattails of those hip hop moves. You know, yeah, and she snuck them in yes. through the hip hop, and suddenly these little girls who had you know, maybe self consciousness or were shy or were had you know issues with their body because it wasn't you know the perfect girls in her class. It was girls with all you know bodies shapes and sizes and all that, and that's what she embraced and she wanted, and she got them moving and connecting with their bodies. I, that was so beautiful to see, I mean, incredible, and to this day i'll I'll hear stories i'll I'll hear from some of these girls who were eight, nine, ten, twelve, and now they're you know adults and um and they have kids and you know and 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 how the impact that she had on them so that selflessness that that um that desire to be of service mm-hmm. uh, was an incredible example and an incredible legacy that she left at such a young age, you know, yeah. probably accomplished more. You know by 23 than most of us do in a lifetime
0: wow wow that is so beautiful that is so beautiful she was able to touch so many lives at such a young age
1: oh i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls went through her school i mean in- incredible absolutely incredible wow. and the lesson of being of service right it's like especially when you're going through something painful yourself the instinct is to retreat yes to go within to isolate. I got to deal with my shit. I got to do my thing. I got to disappear. I got to disconnect. Right. Just like we talked about, right. With, with pain, want to pull back, touch the Mm -hmm. fire, pull back, right. Mm -hmm. Go in, connect more deeply, go forward, right. Bring it with you. It's okay. It's okay. People can absorb it. People can handle it, you know, and, you know, by being of service to others, we ease our own pain. That's what's remarkable, you know? And I think that's honestly been part of the process for me, right? I, I don't think we're ever done with the process of grieving. It might have, you know, different levels of intensity. But every time I sit at the piano at that beach where you were, right, I'm processing in my own way. I'm healing in my own way, right? And, and maybe that's, you know, if the experience has any resonance of authenticity, right, which I certainly hope it does, Maybe that's why, because I am using it like you're using it. I may be the one playing, but that doesn't matter. That's a technicality, right? I'm still experiencing it, right, in my way. And I'm using the music in the same way you're using the music, Mm -hmm. right? To move through, to storytell, to express, to emote, right? And um, to transmute all of it. Right, and and it's not just about pain; it's also about the joy of life, and mm-hmm. we need to equally process that. Right, we need to equally not personalize, right, success and joy and pleasure in the same way that we shouldn't personalize, right, the challenges. Right, we don't want to go into victim mode of God. All these challenges are happening to me. The world's against me. Like you know, like that's total. You know, totally not the direction we want to go in. Right, that kind of. Um, that, that direction is, is, uh, is a terrible uh, cognitive bias um, and, and a, a, a false narrative. But there's equally a false narrative in taking credit for everything that you think is going well in your life in that way, mm-hmm. right? Because then we start to identify with that. And any identification, right, can cause, can cause struggle. Because um, then when we don't have that, Right. We're, we wish we had that, you know. Absolutely. And, and yes. so we, so, right, we suddenly get into the same game. So we just, we just don't want to play the game of personalization. Yes. It doesn't mean we're not enjoying it. Doesn't mean we're not feeling it. Doesn't mean we're not appreciative and grateful and all those things. Right. But, but we, we just are in the acceptance of what is, when it is and when it's not. And that's it.
0: Yes, so much like meditation, you know, just being able to yeah, being present in it but like being the awareness behind everything that's happening and not getting too sucked into it. And yeah, exactly. and I want to ask as well, what is something that your sister's passing has taught you?
1: Well, it's it's taught me that we can we can truly handle anything. If I'm sitting here today talking to you, yeah. um then I am evidence that That we can survive anything. I I really just want to leave it at that it's it's in the moment you think is no way. And I think everyone will have that moment in life in in whatever way they, they will have it the death of a loved one a personal loss their own health their own confrontation with death you I mean you name it. There will be that moment. and we can not only survive it, but we can thrive through it fully.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I would imagine that is something that you would want to tell, you know, a question that I have is like, what would you want to tell the to the, that Murray going through it at that time? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's similar to the answer that you just
1: For sure, just gave. It, for sure. But, the, and, and the challenge is that even if yeah. I showed up and said that, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. and. And, and I, you know, and, and you can't expect, you know, others to believe it either when I say it or you say it or, uh, but hopefully some of it, you know, will resonate. And, and it's almost that it's almost that maybe, maybe the person can't hear it when they're going through it, but when they get through it and they remember that they heard it, it rewires the whole experience, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of it too yes it, it's you know it, it 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 could time shift you know it's like the notion that the past present and future right all exist at the same time it's like it's like in a sense that you can hear it today but you will then actually hear it tomorrow right yes full you full <laughs> on
0: i was speaking to a, a healer the other day and she was like the work that you're doing now is you're healing other timelines you're healing your yeah. ancestors and i'm like just taking that concept in i'm like where we we see it as the past, the future, whatever, but it's like it's parallel, parallel yeah. lives, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're we're healing that no matter what. It's not it's not this linear frame Absolutely. that we have in our minds.
1: Yeah, and you kind of need all these layers. It's like you know, it's like reading a book for the third time, and you're like, did I ever read this book? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. It's like like I don't even remember reading this book in this way, and yes. because you weren't the same person, right? When you first read the book, you are. In some ways a different person reading the book now and you couldn't have read the book then in the way you're reading it now Mm -hmm. right and it's the same right with what we go through it's like yeah you you might have known something back then you might have heard something you might have read something you might have but you you didn't embody it you didn't you didn't get it you didn't discover it for yourself right and it just took going through that to learn that lesson to then discover it for yourself. And now you can be that light for somebody else, right? And you can continue the communication, right, of that wisdom to somebody else on a podcast like this or write an article or in a conversation with a friend, whatever, however it shows up.
0: Mm -hmm. And Murray, what is keeping your heart open these days?
1: Oh, um, well, I try to always have an open heart. It's a question of what keeps it closed at times. <laughs> so i try I try to be aware of moments when it when it uh, is tempted to close you know mm-hmm. off um, and you know those things you know can be that instinct to want to retreat back. that's that's a closed heart, yeah, right. and you know, and that could be the personalization, right of struggle, thinking like, oh, let me. Go deal with this on my own. That's a closed heart, as opposed to sharing it, right? Engaging others, you know, for help or just sharing your story, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I I try to move through life with openness, and then it, it does get sprinkled with you know closings, um, which then I hope I'm I'm aware enough to then to then shift once I once I feel that. But the the common denominator of all of that is is the music. Um, that that's what keeps me in the game Uh, because it it forces you into the present moment, right? If you think about music, it's the art form that exists in the moment only. It disappears the moment the note sounds. You can't grasp it, touch it, feel it. You can just hear it, experience it, and it's gone. So the only way to truly hear it, to really be listening to it, is to be present with it, note by note, moment by moment, right? And if you're doing that, that means you're feeling in the moment, and whatever's going on for you, you're actually feeling through. And by the end of the piece, suddenly there's a shift. Right. And that's the, that's the power of music used in this way.
0: Yes. And it's, it's a frequency. You know, we're frequency. We're energy. So we, it, it, will, it will work its way into us.
1: Absolutely. Every if you, time. If, if the, the moment we get that the whole universe is an infinite set and spectrum of vibration, and that's what it is on every level from subatomic particles vibrating at insane rates ferociously um, to gravitational waves undulating through the fabric of space-time, right? Billions of light years away. I mean, all of that, it's just infinite set of vibration. And if we're using a language like music, which is the language of vibration, Right complex sophisticated multiple vibrations infinite vibrations, because even one note sounding a string moving creates an overtone or harmonic harmonic series. um, Which actually continues on into an infinite frequency set beyond which we can hear, but on some level is happening so so yeah I mean to your point it's all about vibrations and being in that language of vibration. And, and just allowing um, all of that to move through us.
0: Mm-hmm. How can everyone find you? How can they go to your events in person, online? I know you do some things virtually as well. So yeah. let us in. Like, what can we expect? This is going to go out this Monday. So if there's any events coming up, especially in LA or anywhere else in the world, because yep. um, our listeners are not just in LA, where where can they find you and go?
1: Yeah, so we we have in-person events, um, outdoors, in nature. We have San- Santa Monica beach coming up at the end of September, Um, we have. um, We have central park coming up in New York Uh, so there's a bunch of events, we also do so, in addition to the live piano concerts, there are these walking meditations we do I call them silent walks we all put the headphones on and we actually. Come together and walk through um, different landscapes. We're doing that in San Francisco um, at Lands End. We're doing it on the High Line Park in New York City. Uh, that wow. incredible park in the Meatpacking District. Like we do it in incredible places. We do it across the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, okay. literally a hundred of us moving through the city at the same time. It's. It's so powerful to bring movement to this experience as well. You'll never see the city or the landscape in that same way again. So those are all in person and coming up um, in September, October. Uh, Miami starts up in November. Uh, once you know we kind of shift down, down to the Miami area, on the beach, I mean, just beautiful experiences in Miami. And then for those who aren't able to make it in person, um, we also do virtual experiences twice a month Uh, So we do a live concert from my home, I play on the Steinway from my living room, and I give a a talk, a narrative, a meditation as well, so we do that virtually, people can just join right from their uh, phone or computer, and we do the walk virtually, so once a month, you walk wherever you are in the world, Uh, and we just did one uh, last night, and we had people from dozens of cities, and people are walking in their own park in their own beach in their own backyard in their own neighborhood and i'm guiding it with a narrative about a different theme each time Uh, this past month we did focus the month before was about stillness the month before that was about creativity like we're always addressing you know new areas of exploration new areas of inquiry right to do what socrates said which is lead an examined life to really live deliberately to live on purpose. So I invite everybody uh, in person, uh, check the calendar at mindtravel.com or uh, the virtual experiences also listed there. And you can just join us from anywhere.
0: Okay, perfect. And I'll make sure to add all of that in the show notes. Great. And the last thing that we do. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we love we, as in me, my sister used to be my co-host. So we would do this together, but guessing our guests, Zodiac signs. Okay. And okay. <laughs> so I am feeling my initial guess. Don't tell me if it's right or wrong. Cause I have two. tell me at the, at the end. Okay. I was thinking Pisces was my first one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if not Gemini, but Pisces was really my first one. What are you?
1: I'm a very complex creature. Are you an Aquarius? <laughs> I'm a Virgo.
0: Oh, <laughs> I was like, the Aquariuses <laughs> are the ones I never get. You're a Virgo. Oh my God. So it's your season. And when is your birthday?
1: Yeah, it was just, it was just uh, August 30th, just a uh, couple weeks ago.
0: Wow. Happy late birthday. Yeah.
1: yeah I got to experience it. Yeah. I got to experience it at Burning Man, which is my favorite place to be on my birthday every year. So it's, it was wonderful.
0: Oh, we didn't even get into burning, man, but I bet it was just so epic. I've never been. Next year is like is my oh. time to shine.
1: But Valentina, next year it's time for you.
0: Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. We'll meet at the playa. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for just, I mean, literally everything. Your beautiful, generous spirit. Generous. That's one of the biggest words that came up from me when I was thinking about you when I first met you after your event. I'm like, he just keeps mm. on giving. You, and then the roses at the end you're like everyone come in there's a dozens of roses take however many you want i was like this that's just right. doesn't end like the gifts don't end here and then you're from your online work to your in person to just absolutely everything it i can personally say from my own experience i mean it was exactly what i needed and it create it is still creating ripples mm. so thank you so much oh
1: fantastic that's so great yeah i'm so happy thank you
0: all right everyone We will put everything in the show notes. You've got to experience, Murray, at least once in your life. And I know once you do it once, you're going to keep coming back. So thank you so much for listening. We love you. And until next time.